awesome worship set. Awesome to be together um, in God's house for sure. Uh, last week, uh, if you were here, you watched online maybe, uh, I introduced this idea of all of us being a part of the Guatemala missions trip that's happening uh, here in just a couple of weeks. As we've got 18 people that are headed to Guatemala uh, on the 12th. And we're super excited, yeah. We are 13 days away from getting on the plane, and uh, that's an awesome thing. Um, and, uh, and we've got a chance for all of us to be a part of this trip. One of the main projects that we're doing down there is we're going to build a house for a family. And this is that family. Um, and this is Marvin and Brenda and their son, Matthew. And uh, for those of you that remember, they lost, uh, their, there was an, an entire village that was swept away by a hurricane. Uh, actually, two hurricanes that kind of came back to back. And three rivers came together and just completely, completely wiped out a village uh, that was there that, that uh, the missionaries that, that were supporting and going down to work with Chris and Paula McNutt um, have been helping and they're now rebuilding uh, this village uh, much more inland and um, and luckily, no lives were lost when that tragedy hit. Um, and as a church, we were able to, uh, to come together and send some, some, uh, some money down there and some resources. And, and now we get to go down and actually be the hands and feet of Jesus physically there. Um, and I know it's going to make uh, a, a huge impact on this family. Um, I do know uh, from, from speaking with Chris there that, um, that the husband here is, uh, is still uh, not, uh, not a believer. And so this will be a huge uh, impact, uh, Marvin there, uh, on, on the family to really see the church being the church and to come along and to provide. Um, and so the cost of a house down there is $10,000. And so last week uh, I asked if you would pray about uh, helping us to raise uh, the additional 5,000 that we need. The, the team uh, that is going, part of what's built into their trip is to help pay uh, for this project, but quite frankly, that was only able to raise uh, about $5,000 of it. And so I asked last week if you would pray about uh, giving last week and this week. Today is the last day to give toward this. So if God's laid it on your heart to be a part of, uh, of this and helping us uh, to fully fund this project, we've already had uh, an, an incredible amount come in um, and some really cool things uh, that I'll be able to share when all the chips have fallen, if you will, for all of it. Um, but, uh, but if God's laid it on your heart to be a part of this, I want to thank you and say that today is the, is the last day for that practically. So you can, there's a box in the back uh, right there that you can uh, throw, throw your money in, um, the, uh, the clear plastic box right there, or you can give online. There's a spot on, on our online giving that you can give toward that. So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer and, uh, and we'll get into the word here. Jesus, we, we love you. We praise you. Lord, as we just sang, um, Lord, about the incredible things that you've done in our life, Lord, we, we ask for you to continually to do it again. Uh, Lord, to, I pray that you would do something uh, in, in each of us uh, today, even now. Lord, your spirit has been moving through this place, and we want more of that. Uh, so, Father, I pray that you would continue to move. Uh, Lord, as we open your word, I pray that you would show us something uh, that, that we need. Um, Lord, we do pray for, uh, for this project that we're gonna, all going to be a part of uh, in Guatemala. I pray that not only would you, you fully fund it uh, through your people, um, but God, that it would be such uh, an incredible blessing to this family, Lord, that we would see uh, souls saved, lives touched um, through something as, as just simple as providing practical needs for people. So Lord, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be a part of what you're doing uh, and to be a part of, of your church as we talk about that today. 
Um, Lord, let, let the truth of your word uh, just, just reign in this place. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, a few weeks ago, we uh, started a series called Therefore. Uh, and we're talking about biblical uh, truths that really enable obedience in our life. And we've been looking at the therefore passages in the New Testament, and there are many, and we haven't covered all of them uh, for sure. Uh, and this is going to be uh, the last week of this where I, I hope to bring it all together, because when we see a therefore in the Bible, as we should all know by now, we ask the question, what is that therefore? Uh, because there's something important that God wants us to know. And when we see that, we also should, should know and recognize that what has come before that statement is very important in setting up what God is going to be telling us after that, right? So you've got a, um, an issue that is set up and then, and then practically the, the how to do, what to do, and a better understanding of how to walk out and live uh, our faith and we're really going to bring all that together today um, and to the forefront. As we talked throughout the weeks, we talked about how therefore you can trust Jesus, how that whatever is going on in your life, that you can trust Jesus because of the truth of his word and what he's done in our life. And so then therefore you can live without guilt and shame. That was week two, and, and that is a, a thing that all of us deal with. All of us wrestle with guilt and shame. It, it, it can be crippling, and it can, be, uh, it, can, it can chain us up. And because of what Jesus did, we can not just live without guilt and shame, but therefore we can live because of what he's done and because he has set us free. And so therefore then the world sees Jesus through you. The world sees Jesus through us. Because of what he's done, therefore the world can see Jesus through us. And so therefore, as we talked about last week, right now counts forever. That the things that we do for God, the things that we do here, no matter how small, no matter how big they might be in your eyes or the world's eyes, everything that we do, every little thing that we do, every big thing that we do, it all counts forever. Because it all matters. All of the things that we do for the Lord matter. I've said for a long time, actually since I became lead pastor, that the potential of Connect Church lies in the strength of its people. And I will continue to say that because this will continue to be true. This will never not be true. And when we say strength, what we're not talking about is physical strength. What we're talking about is, is spiritual strength and our unified strength of bringing glory to God together because the, really the point of all of it is the glory of God. It really can be boiled down to, to being that simple, meaning we can accomplish so much more together than we can apart. We saw that a couple of weeks ago with VBS. It was an incredible thing. Had 90 plus people in, in the church coming together to serve, right? Over 100 kids came through. Six kids came to know Jesus as our Savior. This past week, our students at camp, we had three students get saved. And uh, yeah. We had uh, four get baptized. I know Travis is going to talk about that next week. It's, it's an awesome thing. And, and then we've got the Guatemala missions trip coming up here in just a couple of weeks. And all of these things that we do, and granted, these are kind of big things that we're pointing to, but they, they show this exact idea, this exact idea. That, and, and as we move into the fall and as we continue to move forward as a church, I believe that, that we have the chance to continue to show that and to live that out. And that's what God's calling us to do. And we have to value that, though, at the core of who we are. We have to value this at the core of who we are. And we have to take, and I guess I'll say it this way, we have to take some responsibility individually, which will then help us all collectively. 
One of our core values says this, it's on the wall right there. We believe a church will be a united community of servants with men and women utilizing their spiritual gifts. This is one of our seven core values and we're gonna focus on this one a little bit more today. Um, and it comes from, actually, that this, this value comes from the therefore passage that we're going to look at in Ephesians chapter 4. Um, so we are going to be in Ephesians chapter 4, but I'm going to tell you to not turn to chapter 4 yet, turn to chapter 3. Because we have to look at the context before so we can look at the therefore that is in chapter 4. Uh, so if you want to follow along in the Bible app, you can certainly uh, flip to Ephesians chapter 3 and you can find uh, the, the notes on there as well. I asked you a couple of weeks ago uh, to take a survey, um, a spiritual gifts survey. And we have a link to that on our website. Uh, if, if you didn't take that, or maybe you've taken one in the past and you know your spiritual gifts and you see a little bit about how God has built you and wired you, um, it's an awesome thing to look at in light, of, um, in light of eternity and in light of our purpose. And so I want you to really, if you did take that survey or, or you have in the past, I want you to think through that for yourself personally as we are considering that, looking at the passages that we're going to look at, excuse me, today. So chapters one through three of Ephesians, um, to give you a really, really Cliff Notes version, Paul talks about how we are adopted into God's family how we are redeemed, how we are rescued and made right because of the blood of Jesus and that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit all while being dead in our sins. He did this for us all while we're dead in our sins. And what God has done for us must be factored in as we're looking at the therefore uh, passage today. Because our Christian walk, our Christian life, how we live that out, how we walk that out, it's not something that we do to earn God's love or earn God's favor. We get that one confused all the time, and I want you to really hear that. I don't, I don't know how much more clearly I can say that. We don't walk out our Christian life to earn the love of God or to earn his favor. Instead, it's a response because of his love for us, because of what he has done and how good he is and how good he's already been and is going to continue to be. We don't love him so he will love us. We love him because he first loved us. And that is a, that is a huge thing to, to start with and, and to just really know that within ourselves. And that should be a freeing statement as well. So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17 is where I want to start right now. It says this, Paul's talking to the church in Ephesus. He says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots, they will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So we're gonna break this, these couple verses down here for just a minute. Can we really, let, I mean, honestly answer this. Can, can we really comprehend the width, depth, length, and height of God's love? Can we really comprehend that? Can I tell you where you can come really close and where you can find it and you really can find it every single time? Because quite frankly, we don't have the brain to, to, to completely comprehend that in its fullest extent. But where you can find that every time and we look for it all over the place, 
But we truly find the best example of this at the cross. We find it at the cross. And if you think about the four directions of the cross, right? Height, width, depth, length. Paul knew it. Paul knew this, which is why he continued to point to it. It's what transformed his life. And if your life has been transformed by God, I can guarantee you that that was found at the cross. It transformed his life. And it's what transformed the lives of everyone that he came in contact with and that he shared the gospel with because they saw the light of Jesus through the broken vessel that was Paul and they accepted it. Anyone else here a broken vessel? Yeah, that's all of us, right? That's every bit of us. We're all broken. We're all messed up. We're all, we're all, we all need Jesus. Yet, Jesus wants to use you and he wants to use the light that is in you to shine and for people to see the light of Jesus through the broken vessel that is you. And so to come to any understanding of the dimension of God's love, we have to come to the cross. We have to come to the cross and the resurrection power of Jesus. Because the thing is, there is nothing you can do to make God love you more or less. I know I say this one often, but I'm gonna continue to because it's gonna continue to be true as well. Because there is nothing you can do to make God love you more or less. He loves you so much more than you can possibly get your head around. And one of the biblical concepts of, of knowing this and knowing something, the, the mental recognition of this truth, right? There's, there's so much more to it than just understanding it here because, because we, we experience it. I hope that all of us have experienced this truth in some way, shape, or form. You know, they say you never really learned something until you've taught it. For those of us that are, that are, are teachers or in maybe a, a teaching kind of position, you know the truth of that statement, that you've never really learned something and, until you've taught it. The best teachers... Think about some of the teachers who have really impacted your life. We've all got that like one or two, right, that we've had that like just really made a difference in our life. And you know what was different about them? It wasn't just the knowledge that they had, but it was the experience that they had. The experience that they had and the knowledge that they had through that that was real and tangible because you can't fake that. You can't fake an experience with God. We are to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And certainly part of loving the Lord is with our mind is studying and, and, and understanding the word of God for sure to seek to understand him and his ways. And that's what the statement in verse 18 is really talking about. But, but there's so much more to it than that. There, there is so much more to a relationship with God than just an, an intellectual assent just a mental acknowledgement of the gospel story because you don't just know God in his love, you experience it. Many of us have experienced the love of God and or you've, you've had a, an experience where you've been able to show the love of God and, and show the love of God through serving. Many of you experienced that by serving at VBS. You're never more like Jesus than when you're serving other people. And that's why. So we experience the love of God and that fills us to the fullness of God as the scriptures say. And it transforms us from the inside out as we experience God's love and we share that experience with others. Because it's so interesting the way that God works as, as experiencing God's love actually looks like serving. 
That's really what that looks like. And as we walk with him and, and we get to know him and his love and his grace even more, we're filled to the brim, overflowing with his power, overflowing with his love. That's what changes lives. That's what changed your life. If your life has been changed by the power of the, of the gospel, that's what changed your life. And I'm willing to bet that you have an experience that you could share that, that led you to that moment. And if you don't have that before and after story with Jesus, then you're probably still experiencing the before. And you maybe haven't truly experienced the love of God. You've, you've maybe experienced counterfeit love from all kinds of different places because we look for it in all different places. You've looked for that experience. You've, you've looked through all kinds of places that seem great and they might be in the moment, but they're nothing compared to what you truly, truly find at the cross of Jesus Christ. So, all of that brings us to Ephesians chapter four, verse one, and our therefore statement. So all of that, consequently, understanding all of that that I just set up, Paul goes here, he says, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, he's in prison, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. We're gonna come back to that one because that statement should sit heavy on all of us. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. There's a lot here. See, because of your understanding of his love for you and for all people, we are to live a life worthy of the calling. Now, don't misunderstand. I said this at the beginning, and I want to reiterate it again. We don't walk worthy so that God loves us. It's because he does love us. That's what this calling is about. It's motivated out of gratitude, not out of a desire to, to earn it, because you can't earn it, and you don't deserve it. None of us do. There's nothing we can do to earn it or deserve it. That's what grace and mercy are all about. And pride can creep in real quick, real easy, and get the best of all of us. And if we don't understand and value this biblical concept, that's what's gonna happen. And so for us to live a life worthy of our calling, one of the first things we need to do is we need to understand our worthiness. You were worth it to Jesus. Look at me. You were worth it to Jesus. All that he went through, everything he went through, you were worth it to him. The way Jesus sees you is so much greater than you can possibly imagine and so much greater than I could ever explain. He loves and accepts you, but not your sin. And that is because he loves you. That's why he did what he did. See, rejected people reject people. Loved and accepted people love and accept people. And as believers, we should understand this better than anybody. We should understand this idea better than anyone. And, it, and instead of hearing the voice of rejection that we often hear from the world, people around us, and even ourselves, well, you just 
hear the voice of the Father for a minute, hear his, his love and acceptance for a minute, you, maybe you need to hear from God right now that you are loved, that you are worthy, that you are valued, that you are chosen, and that you are a son or daughter of God. And that is not something to take lightly. Paul says that there's this cause and effect relationship between knowing and experiencing God and his transformative love and, and our love for one another. If we don't live out our calling, if we don't love others well, but we claim to know and love God, then something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something, something's blocking the natural overflow that should be there. Let me say it this way. Being produces doing. Being produces doing. We, we flip this. We flip this in our head. We think doing is going to produce being, that we've got to do these things, and then I will be a, a fully developed follower of Jesus. And, it, and, it's, and it's so much the other way around. We need to focus on who Jesus is calling us to be as opposed to what he is calling us to do. And when we do that, we find that our purpose isn't in what we do necessarily, that our purpose is found in who we are, and that that drives what we do for the kingdom. See the difference? That drives what we do for the kingdom. And if we are defining ourselves and who we are with anything other than who Jesus says that we are, and you're gonna fall short every single time. If you define yourself by how the world defines yourself or even how you define yourself, you're gonna fall short. That is gonna come up short every single time. We need to define ourselves by who Jesus says that we are. And when we focus on being who Jesus says that we are, the inevitable overflow of that is going to be doing the work of God. You won't be able to help it. So being produces doing. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. It says, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person's a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? Ooh. And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Question. Would you have put up with yourself if you were God? Yeah, me neither. I'd have kicked myself to the curb a long time ago. In light of that, we need to extend grace. We need to extend patience with others if we are going to live a life worthy of the calling, as it says. That's the first place to start. Living a life worthy of our calling, it's got to start amongst the family of faith before it can have an impact on the world outside and it needs to have an impact on both. Look at Ephesians 4, 5 through 6 as we head back there. It says, For there is one body and one spirit just as you have been called to the glorious hope for the future. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. See, we have unity because of what we share in common, not, 
not because of the things that, that we let divide us that aren't nearly as important as what we like to make them out to be. Each of these common areas that, that he talks about here, these common areas of God, they're greater than any potential difference. And there's a unity and oneness here that, that all really go back to the love of God. For those of you that are on Facebook or Instagram, um, whatever, um, social media, I've, I've seen this image, this meme going around and, and it really hit me. And maybe you've seen it as well. It says this, sorry if the church ever hurt you. That was people, not God. That's a hard truth, but it is. There's some nuance to that statement for sure, but, but the, eff- the essence of it, it's not wrong. Honestly, there are too many people who can resonate with this statement. Too many. And too many people that need to hear the truth of this. Charles Spurgeon said that divisions in churches never begin with those full of love to the Savior. Think about that statement. They never begin with those full of love to the Savior. See, we're all in this together. The church. And I'm talking about the big C church. Right? We've all received grace. We've all received kindness and love from the Father. And so there is no room to say, we are better than they are, or I'm more holy than they are, or whatever. There is no room for anything less than doing our best to walk in unity. Because we can do so much more together than we can apart. As the body of Christ, which is not limited to just Connect Church, but it's got to start with us, for us individually as as part of this family of faith. We can do so much more together than we can apart. And I believe we do a great job, honestly, of living this out. Can we get better? Yeah, I'm just that kind of person. We can always get better. There are definitely some blind spots and some things that we can sure up and all of that. But you know what? For the most part, for the most part, we do a pretty good job because nobody can even hardly walk in this door without getting a handshake and, and maybe even at least a side hug. Um, in the lobby because it's a part of our culture, right? It's who we are. And that's an awesome thing. And we got to keep reminding ourselves that that is a part of our culture and who we are and keep pushing that forward and be honest when maybe, when maybe we're, we're not quite there on some things. And so I hope today is, is encouraging and at the same time challenging for us to keep pushing forward with how God has called us to connect people to him. So how do we make this happen? How do we continue to make this happen? And, and, and maybe even better, what's the plan? Well, practically, this, this is what God has put in place so that the mission can move forward and can be productive, right? Believers, we should strive to live out our salvation. And we've been given that salvation so that the world will see it and will see the body of Christ and will benefit from working together for the glory of God. And when we get it wrong, it's gonna do nothing but just ruin See, the goal is for us to be built up and and to grow and to mature and to strengthen unity. Unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Lord. Later in Ephesians 4, Paul gets to, to some practical things here. In verse 14, he says, Then we will no longer be immature like children, 
We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's the goal. Jesus calls us to truth and love. Dealing with people in love but never budging from the truth. And that's what maturity looks like. Really to define maturity, it's really just full development. It's a full development of followers of Jesus. And that, that brings us together in unity. That brings us together in, in unity because it keeps us focused on the mission that Jesus has given us because that is the mission to produce fully developed followers of Christ that then in turn produce the same. We know that we live in a world that is obsessed with preference, obsessed with their own preferences, their own well-being, their own comfort. And Jesus is saying that is not, that is not what the church is all about. That is not what we're supposed to be all about. In fact, he's saying that to find, to find purpose, you have to lose it. You have to lose it for my sake. To find life with purpose, you have to lose your life for his sake. That's what he's saying. We should not be looking to find more comfortable ways of being, but instead to be willing to serve and to love those around us. For us to say that we are the church, we must serve, not just sit we must serve, not sit. The Bible's real clear on this. We should actively seek to serve the body of Christ and not just sit. Now, serving looks different for everybody, which is an awesome thing because we all look different and we all have different talents and all of those things. Depending on the season of life you're in, you may be able to do some different things that I can't and vice versa. But, we all have different roles because we're all created differently. And God's a really creative artist, which is awesome. But as we all come in every week, if all we do, when we come in every week, if all we do is we sing and we sit and we listen and we leave, then we're missing out on a whole lot that God has intended for each and every one of us in our walk with him and as our part of being the church. We're missing out on a huge part of our relationship with Jesus. And for us to really say that we are being the church, it's really hard to say that if we're not serving. And you won't grow in the ways that you can when you're not serving. You just won't. There's an aspect of your faith that just will not grow if you're not serving in some way, shape, or form. And when you serve, here's why that matters. Because you're putting others ahead of yourself. Which is one of the best Jesus statements ever because that's all he did was put everyone else ahead of himself. You find life, you find purpose in Jesus when you're serving that can't be compared to anything that this world has to offer. And you know why? Because the outflow of Jesus through your life is what brings life to others because he chooses to use you. See, you are essential. Be the church. Maybe you've noticed, maybe you haven't. This sign, it's been over the door as you go out of here every week. It's been there for a couple years. 
And maybe it's just turned into white noise for you and you don't even see it, but you know what? It's, it's there to be a reminder. And so I want to remind you again. It's there to be a reminder that each one of us are essential workers. And so we need to go out to be the church. But there, there's also opportunities to serve right here among your church family. So many opportunities to get involved, which gets you involved in making a difference in the lives of other people. Kids ministry, for example, you know, I, I've already mentioned VBS a couple times. I'm going to do it one more time. We had 90 some people here that were here volunteering for that. You know what? We need some more people to help us on a regular basis on Sundays and Wednesdays because our kids ministry is growing in an awesome way and it's going to continue to grow. And so we're going to need some more people to come alongside. Maybe give us a week, a month. Could you give us a Sunday, a month? Could you give us a Wednesday, a month? It would be incredibly helpful. Our community missions team. For those of you that are signed up on that, we've got a project actually this coming Saturday at, uh, at the Remedy Church, a sister church that we're going we're gonna to partner with as they're doing their, their tennis shoe giveaway that they do every year. They're giving away over 1,000 pairs of shoes to kids in the Akron area. And so if you want to be a part of helping to make that happen, Sherry Kennedy emailed everybody on the community missions team. Please reply to her and sign up to be a part of that. She'll give you all the details. And there's more coming with the community missions team as well. Our back to school bash that's happening on the 12th and a few other things. I'm really excited about where that team is going to be going moving forward. Um, but even just something as simple as greeters and our welcome team, shaking a hand and, and saying hello as people come in the door and just being a smiling face. Um, those things are just as important as even being a part of the, of the tech team. We're trying to grow the, the worship team up here as well. As always, you may be sitting out there and have some musical talent, and you could certainly be up here playing or singing uh, with anybody else that's here. If, if, if that's you, jump on our website. Go to connectchurch.xyz slash dreamteam. There are all sorts of opportunities to get involved and to serve and to be the church at your church, within your church family, which then also has a focus on going out. And so why do we do these things? Why do we do these things? Are they to lift ourselves up? No, absolutely not. They're to lift up the name of Jesus for his glory. We're lifting up the name of Jesus for his glory because we are the church and this is what we do. We are united in the mission that Jesus gave us. That's how we should be. United in the mission that Jesus gave us. Research says that we make about 35,000 decisions every day. I don't know who counted that. But on average, you make about 35,000 decisions a day. That sounds exhausting. So let's all make one decision right now together to be the church, to be the church all the time, to make that decision every single day. Let's choose to serve others in the name of Jesus. That is the kind of church that I believe we are called to be, that the church is called to be. Therefore, our connection point for the day, therefore, we are united we are called to be united in the mission of Jesus. That brings us all together. We are called to be unified in the mission of Jesus. Paul made it real clear. He's calling us as believers to live out our lives in concert with the work of Jesus. As we move forward, as we continue to move forward as a church, we must be unified. We must be connected in the ways that matter to him.
unity and faith and in knowledge of God and serving others in the name of Jesus is gonna bring people and connect people to Christ and community and purpose. Will you bow your heads with me? Our focus needs to be on the mission to exalt the Lord, to edify the body, to reach the lost. To be a unified body of believers that is focused on the mission of Jesus. Rejected people reject people. Loved and accepted people love and accept people. And if we're going to be the church, we need to reflect the latter because that's what Jesus did for us for you and for me. He loves you and accepts you right where you are. But he doesn't love and accept your sin, which is why he sent Jesus. I don't know everybody's story here. I don't know where you came from or what's going on in your life. But I know that all of us need Jesus. Maybe you felt like you're Whatever you've done in your life has, has, has kept you too far away or you've been told the wrong thing about who Jesus really is. He loves you right where you are. All you have to do is turn and fall into his arms. If you don't have a relationship with him, today could be the day that you get that right, that you get that straight, that you get your questions answered. We've got people in yellow lanyards that are sprinkled throughout that would love to, to pray with you and talk with you and show you in the word of God how you can know for sure that you're going to be with him in heaven. And as the church, we need to keep the main thing the main thing. We need to keep the mission the main thing and be a unified body of believers that is serving and utilizing our spiritual gifts for the glory of God. You are essential. Let's be the church. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for the way that it, in many ways, can cut us to the bone, but at the same time can encourage us and lift us up and give us direction for life. So Father, I, th I thank you for these therefore statements. I thank you for, um, for, the, for the truth that they bring to us and the, and the direction of obedience to you. And so help us to obey you. Father, I pray that your spirit would continue to move through this place. I pray that if there's one that doesn't know you, that they may step forward today. Lord, help us to speak the truth in love to the world around us, but, but in love. Let's not leave that part out. Help us to be the church as we go out. Help us to utilize the gifts that you've given us to serve those around us, whether it's here at the church, whether it's outside these doors. It needs to happen in both places, arguably more outside the doors than in here because there is a world that needs you. And Jesus, you want to use each and every one of us to make a difference. We love you, we praise you, we thank you.